It's time for Pitmaster and the Dog! Pitmaster and the Dock. We're live. We're Good to see you, man. Good to see you, man. All the way live. We got a lot of shit to talk about. We got... There's all kind of shit with McGregor, with GSP, with... Um, we're going to talk about weight cutting and the dangers. Uh, we got Joanna. We got... Uh, oh, we got Pettis last fight. We got a lot of shit going on. The main thing... Is that fight, you can barely see it up in the corner there. See that? That, to me, that was the best thing that happened in the past two weeks. That was the best thing that happened. So this is on last Saturday night. That was on last Saturday, Saturday night. It was Matthew Lopez versus, um, versus uh, Rafael Asuncion. How do you say that? Uh as Sung Shung, I okay. think. I'll I take, think that's I'll how you take your word for it. I'm gonna say I think, Raphael. I think he's out with a broken ankle too. Okay. Um, it was a good fight um, up until it ended, but the reason I like it so much, and you can watch it on my on my Facebook and my Instagram. Um, the end of the fight, he had the guy. Hurt. He was basically knocked out. He's on the ground, knocked out. Before the referee got there, he could have hit him probably three times if he wanted to. And most guys would have. And I'm not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with doing it. But there's something very right about not doing it. You know what I mean? So if he did it, yeah, you're trying to make sure he's out. Because if he gets back up, then he might knock you out. But Rafael took a different turn. He... Decided this guy's hurt enough. I don't want to hurt him anymore. I'm a martial artist. This is a sport. This isn't life or death. I don't want to hurt this guy anymore. So he actually went to while he he dropped him. I think it was a right hand. A flying knee missed, and I think hit him with a right hand. And the guy was knocked out. So he hits the ground, and this guy follows him down with a hammer blow mid mid strike. He stopped about this close to his face and just pulled it out. Like you're seeing right there. That's where he stopped that hammer blow. <coughs> well, I think for me, you know, I really like this as well. But, you know, doesn't the UFC bonus people? They used to bonus for, like, submission of the night or knockout of the night. Now it's, what do they call it? They, performance of the night? Performance of the night. So this should be a performance of the night. I think this should be a performance of the year. I think he should get a bonus for that. He should. I don't think he will, but he should. Yeah, he totally should. That's a that's one of the performances of the night. It was an that. unbelievable. Can you show it? I'm gonna try to show it. Let me let me try to show it. See if uh, it works. All right, let's let's see. It's if this pretty works. impressive. I mean, he's like an inch from the guy's face, and uh, and stops and is yeah, before the referee. Yeah, the guy with the hook. Oh, there you go. Boom. Okay, you can't see that angle, but you're gonna see a different angle now. See that hand? It just stops right there. The guy's out. The guy is completely That's performance of the night. He, so watch this, as watch a, this. As a doctor watching this fight... Look at that. This is nice to see. It's very... As a non-doctor, it's nice to see. <laughs> see that? As an ex-fighter, it's nice to see. Okay, watch now. The hand goes... It stops. It stops. All right. It, it, it stopped before it hit him, and that was... 
And then after the fight, what he said was, basically, there's a lot of yelling going on. There's, I'm paraphrasing, but basically, there's a lot of hate going on out there. Um, and uh, to her credit, uh, Thug uh, Rose Namajunas made the same uh, statement after she knocked out knocked out um, Joanna. Um, she said they both said. There's a lot of yelling going on. There's a lot of talking going on. There's a lot of shit going on. This isn't the WWE. We're martial artists and we're here to fight. And that's basically what they both said. Um, wait, and wait, who else said that? Rose. Rose and then, who? And this guy? And, yeah. And, and, uh, and uh, he was getting... Rafael, when he got... Rafael, sorry. Uh, when he was getting... In, uh, um, oh, you can't hear it. Um, when he was getting interviewed after the fight he basically said i know there's a lot of sh shit that goes on now a lot of shit talking he goes i'm a martial artist and i i saw my opponent was hurt so i didn't want to hurt him anymore that's what he said and how many guys say that well i think now with with all the the weight behind this podcast we have we have some pull we should this guy should get a performance of the night bonus sean i think you i, <laughs> I think we're going on record right now i think he should on get, our podcast he should get that. he should get bonus of the night i think he should get Martial artist of the year. I mean, to be honest, and so should Rose. I think her speech was was just as good, just as I, I don't usually say this word, just as eloquent. I'm doing quotes. It was just as eloquent. It was a really good speech by both of them. They're both like, they're both basically saying, I'm tired of all this bullshit. I'm tired of fucking people yelling all the time, and they're tired of turning the the UFC is turning into the WWE. And, and just like um, uh, GSP, who fought last, uh, you know, the week before and got a beautiful stoppage, um, to his credit, um, Bisping didn't tap. He went out. He said, fuck this. I'm not going. I'm not going to tap. Uh, Bisping is one tough mofo. I, I mean, think him not tapping with that choke in was pretty. That's pretty badass. That's he's a badass dude. <laughs> he really is. But so is GSP. Well, no, not to, he yeah. won. You, know, you yeah. can't take anything away from it. But no. Went three rounds. So they they're they're both badasses. Yeah, but we, we didn't get a chance to talk about this fight. No. you and me because one of us was gone last week. But um, but that was a great fight. That was a great way to cap off those fights. You know, as a fan watching those fights, it was a best fights i've seen all year so there were some unbelievable fights in that card 219 was stacked it lived up to its uh it's had all three fights all three championship fights not only did they switch hands but they all three switch hands via left hook okay now you might say wait a second tj delisaw was southpaw it was his right hook no to me a left hook is whichever hand is forward if you're if you're orthodox, it's your left. If you're if you're southpaw, it's your right. Your lead hand is my left hook. But um, and what did GSP say after the fight? He showed nothing but respect. He doesn't have to fucking trash talk. That is getting so old, turning the UFC into the WWE, and people are getting really tired of it. Do you think it works though for fighters? I hate it, but do you think it works for fighters? I mean, they're doing it, and we saw it. And the fights we watched together a couple weeks ago in uh, in Brazil, you know, the guy yeah. he got out Covington. there, and he got out there and talked all kinds of trash, and then people talk about him, and then he gets on he social media and talks more trash, and now everybody talks about him. So fighters, you know, fighters in GSP's position, 
you know, they're where they are because of who they are and what they've done. Yeah. You know, for up and coming people that they're seeing the model, I think, of Conor McGregor of all the trash talking and then they're doing it. The difference is when Conor McGregor does it, he respects his opponent. And after the fight's over, he respects his opponent and they kneel on the mat and they respect each other, which you like to see in martial arts. It's not the WWE. They don't do that in professional wrestling. But this other guy, he just he's just talking trash after the fight. Yeah, and he, he, and uh, saying mean things about an entire country, so a whole country. He fucking put down a whole country. I mean, how that's that's so a douchebag. That's not a martial artist. No, I mean, that's, he's not. And and he's he's he is good, but he's trying to gain a lot more relevance real quickly by running his mouth. So and I, and the difference is, I think, yeah, is that he's. I don't know that he's showing respect after the fight's over at all. No, so no, him and uh, there's a few of them, but. McGregor usually does show respect, like, but this last thing he did, let's talk about that. This last thing he did. This happened this weekend, right? Yeah, and I think the fight was in Dublin, Ireland. I'm not 100%. It's Bellator. Isn't, well, but, uh, I don't know where it was. It was Bellator. Yeah, and what happened was, it was in, you guys know how Irish fans are. Imagine there. Imagine over there. Anyway, one of his guys fought, one of Connor's teammates. And he dropped the guy, so the crowd erupted, and it happened right at the like the last two couple seconds of the fight. So the bell rang, and Mark Goddard didn't hear it. So not hearing it, he saw the guy was hurt. He rushed over to hurt uh, to help, you know, make sure the guy was okay. But he didn't know for sure if the bell went rang or not. So he was gonna put everything on hold and check with the timekeeper. Um, and then he was going to assess the situation, which he should do, and then move on for there. It wasn't his fault. I mean, the crowd erupted like that. So he ran over to help the, the, the fighter. He never waved off the fight yet. He didn't say the fight was over. But for some reason, Conor McGregor jumped into the cage. Okay? And when... When Mark Goddard went over there and told him to get out of the cage. Well, he not only jumped in the cage, he jumped in the cage and then jumped on his fighter, yeah. basically tackled him to the ground. It was pretty... It, it was a little odd. And then... <laughs> it was a celebration, I guess. It, yeah, celebrate great, but then wait till the fight's over. Wait till the referee calls it. So he was premature in jumping over the cage. And I guess he just thinks he can now because he's Conor McGregor. But that's a douchebag move, no matter what. Because you're a fucking... You're never going to see Chuck doing that. You're not going to see GSP doing that. Um, but anyway, okay. So he jumps in. Then Mark Goddard went over there and said, he's a referee. He needs to watch out for the safety of the fighter and what's going on in the fight. He has to make sure it's, it's, it's if it's over, he needs to stop it. And he didn't stop it yet. So he went over there to tell uh, uh, McGregor to get out of the cage. McGregor shoves him. And, and he shoved him, and also, I think at this point, the downed fighter was getting... I think <laughs> I think Goddard got kind of shoved onto the downed fighter. It was, it, was, it was a very... It was a very classless and douchebag thing to do. And, and putting Mark Goddard in that situation was, was... I mean, for one thing, I mean, you're in a cage, but Mark Goddard's not one of the fighters. When you lay your hands on him like that, that's assault. That is assault. Can you imagine going up to someone and just shoving them in the street? Why do you think you could shove a referee? That's assault. I mean, it's like, there's no two ways about that. I mean, you can't go up to someone and just fucking shove them. I mean, that's, that's illegal. I don't know. 
I know, I know he's making millions of dollars now and McGregor and he's knocked out some people and, but you're not fucking God, bro. You can't just shove a referee. It's, that's just, it's stupid. It's, 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 it's lame and it's a douchebag move. Well, and it's more of this, uh, WWE shenanigans. It's, it's WWE, <laughs> but WWE is his yelling. Okay, when you're when you're yelling, that's WWE. When you lay your hands on someone in an aggressive manner, that's fucking assault. That's criminal. Yeah, but it's the it's the theatrics of it's on purpose, but it's the theatrics of like they used to get they'd hit each other with chairs and and all this nonsense. That but that's fake. Pl- that that's was fake, right? And that's planned. It's this planned. was not planned, right? And Mark Goddard did not think that was funny. So he, if the two guys that hit each other with chairs, they've signed something and they agree to hit each other with chairs. Mark, Mark Goddard agreed to referee a fight. He didn't agree to be assaulted by some guy that's not even a fighter. So to me, it was a criminal act. Um, and if anything else, if nothing else, it was a douchebag move. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I used to like... Uh, uh, McGregor and think he was a great martial artist, but shit like this, bro, you're st- you're crossing a line, man. That's like, can you imagine what what if somebody went up and shoved your wife? How would you feel? So what do you think? There'll be sanctions against no, him? No, I don't. I don't think there'll be much at all. Well, UFC may have. Well, he's not even scheduled to fight. If there isn't sanction, yeah, he was scheduled. Oh, he was, wasn't he? Didn't they just pull him from December? Yeah, something. But. I mean, he's making too much money. I think I don't. I don't know. I don't know how much integrity they'll show. But my 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 word to you, uh, McGregor, I love you as a martial artist. Uh, you're kind of slipping. But how would you like it if someone shoved your wife or your girlfriend, whatever? Because Mark Goddard's not a fighter. He's not in there to fight. You guys weren't. You weren't even in this card. So laying your hands on him was illegal. I mean, it's like. It would be like, he has a mother or father. How do you think they feel watching their son get assaulted? It would be like someone pushing your wife. You would go nuts. So it was just the wrong thing to do. And this, it's taking a turn for, its, for the worse. I mean, Covington fucking putting down a whole country. I mean, just the way they run their mouths. It's, it's, not, even, it's not even a martial art. You're trying to make more money. Guess what? GSP makes plenty of money. And he doesn't run his mouth. He just fights his ass off. So take, take heed to that. Rose Namajunas just knocked out Joanna. She didn't run her mouth at all. After the fight, she said, I'm tired of all this shit. I, we, need more, we need more peace, not, enough, not so much hate. That's what she said. That was her after-fight speech. So, and I think she's pretty popular anyway. She's very without, popular. Without doing that. And then you have the, and then the new martial artist of the year, as he will soon be awarded. Uh, you have him too. So you, you do have the, the good side too and the good people you can root for. I think, you know, these, you know, people become the, the bad guy or whatever, like Covington wants yeah. to be. And yeah. then people also want to pay to see him lose, I guess. So yeah, like they did Ali. Uh, but, but I mean, to me, to me, boxing's a martial art, but it wasn't never really considered a martial art. Either was wrestling or some of the other sports, but, but check this out. This sport actually has the word martial art in the sport. <laughs> it, was box, it wasn't boxing martial arts, but this is mixed martial arts. So what's a fucking martial art? Treat it as a martial art, guys. 
you can you can say some funny things like to me like uh, Rampage. Rampage was hilarious before his fights, but he wasn't a fucking just a douchebag, and he wasn't he wasn't mean spirited. He was funny. Um, this is a martial art, and you want to try to make more money, knock people out, do a fucking flying armbar or some shit. Don't start just running your mouth and don't 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 pick the lowest hanging fruit. And try to make more money by just cussing more, putting countries down, telling you you hope your fighters, you know, da da da, you know, fucking doing drugs and shit. Don't don't take the easy route. If you want to make more money in this sport, like I said, GSP makes plenty of money, and he never runs his mouth. He do he won't even cuss. Okay, he won't even cuss. You guys want to make more money? Fight better, fight harder, start knocking people out. All right, quit turning MMA mixed martial arts. Into MWE, WWE, mixed world wrestling, whatever. This isn't fucking wrestling, guys. Quit treating it like it is and act like a goddamn martial artist. If you don't want to be a martial artist, go do another sport. Go into the WWE or do hockey or some shit. But get out of mixed martial arts because let's let's bring the martial arts back to mixed martial arts. I couldn't agree more. All right, let's do it. So. So what? So so let's talk about some of the fights. Um, first of all, Cormagee. Uh, nothing but respect for Strickland. Um, nothing but respect for um, Court. I thought Court won without a doubt. Um, this went three rounds. Three rounds went to a decision. Right. And I was watching this live, and uh, it was really frustrating because watching it live. They, they ruled it a majority draw, which right. means two of the judges scored it a draw. Right. One of them scored it for Strickland. Two scored it a draw. They rule it a majority draw. Everyone leaves partially confused. And then they Switch they it. come away, and they're in the next fight after the commercial break. And then it's just like as an aside, oh, by the way, we did all the math wrong. Strickland won. It was just kind of a weird, uh, weird fight to watch because... For me, watching it, it at least seemed pretty even in the first couple rounds. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought, I thought, um, I thought Court won the first and second. I can't see how he didn't. But, um, but with that said, it was close. And Court's not gonna cry over spill milk. He's not gonna. He's not gonna complain about it. Um, and it was close enough where, where, you know, I mean, I could see a judge who maybe didn't watch the whole round uh, or maybe wasn't too, maybe he used to judge boxing, amateur boxing where a pity pat jab uh, counts as much as a power kick, but here it doesn't. The significant strikes count more than just a jab that just touches, touches, touches. Um, I'm not saying jabs are ineffective and they they should be used, but his jab did absolutely no damage and, and, well, and also one of the, I think Anik or one of the announcers even mentioned in the second round or so, like Court had 20 landed leg kicks and Strickland had zero. Yeah, so, so I don't even think he kicked him. So No. He was, he was definitely playing it safe, uh, Strickland was. And Court was coming forward the whole fight. He was landing hard kicks to the leg, to the body, and to the head. Um, they both landed, you know, not, not many punches. I think Court landed a couple hard rights. Um... But I think with that said, just his aggressiveness and the, the power kicks he was landing versus nothing for Strickland in the first two, except for one quick takedown, which Court was up within like 15 seconds. Um, I think Court won the first and second round 10-9.
the last round court was winning, but then Strickland, I think, took the round with the takedown and the submission attempts. So I think, without a doubt, Strickland won the last round, but I think Court McGee won that fight without a doubt. And... They're you both know, fighting to the very end, too. Yeah. They, it ended on the ground. Court was trying to hit him, but yeah. <laughs> there, he's hitting him behind his head or behind, yeah. over his head. So it was a close fight, and, and I think Strickland did a good job. But I think if, yeah, I don't think there was... I think Court won without a doubt, and I think a lot of people did. Um, I definitely don't think that's a fight where Court should be taken out of the UFC because um, Strickland's a hard guy to fight. He's like never been stopped, and he fights to not get stopped. He fight. He's a safety first fighter. I don't think he has any knockouts or submissions. Maybe he has a few, but he's a safety first fighter that will win on points. And he was trying to win on points with someone. It's hard to knock them out. And anybody that says don't leave it up to the hands of the judges has never fought before. If if you say, well, you shouldn't leave it up to the hands of the judges. Okay, go to a fucking golfer and say, hit a hole in one every time, <laughs> or. Go to a batter and tell him, hit a home run every time. <laughs> you know, it's, it's that stupid. It really is. Because when you're trying to knock a guy out, he's either trying to knock you out or he's trying to not get knocked out. So you don't just get to knock someone out who doesn't get, want to get knocked out. I mean, anyone that says that has never fought and tried to knock someone out that doesn't want to get knocked out. So... That's how I feel about that. He, uh, he looked like he was in good condition. He, I, uh, I thought he won the fight. I thought it was a good fight, not a great fight. Uh, but I think Court did everything he could do. And he couldn't have knocked this guy out. Well, he could have. Anybody could knock out anybody. But this guy was trying too hard to not get knocked out. He was moving, 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 the jab. And Court did everything he had to do to win the fight. I mean, to win one, round one and two... He threw a lot of punches and kicks, and he landed some really solid kicks. He even landed a head kick or two. Um, so I think he won the fight. I think he did a great job. I think it was a good fight. Props to both of them. Strickland's a good fighter, too, but I think Court won that fight. Also, speaking of martial artists, I think I saw a picture of the two of them together after the fight. Like, backstage, it's, like, arms around each other for a picture. So I, I you like that. You, you know, they respect each other as fighters. It's crazy. Court McGee, I don't know Strickland, but he seems like a really nice, classy guy. Uh, but Court McGee is a freaking, he's, there's, if you don't like Court McGee, you're a fucking asshole, whoever you are. If you don't like Court McGee, there's something wrong with you. Because <laughs> you can't not like Court McGee. It's like, it's like, it's like not liking Mr. Rogers. You can't not like Mr. Rogers. You cannot not like Mr. Court McGee. Little, little different backgrounds, but yeah. It's a little bit backgrounds, but, <laughs> but Court McGee is every bit as nice as, as Mr. Rogers. And if you don't like Court McGee, fuck you. <laughs> next so, fight. The next fight I watched was Sage Northcutt. Okay. Oh, my God. You cannot li not like him either. I didn't see that fight, so I can't intelligently... I, I heard he's being cast or something in the new Creed movie to be Drago's son. When I was taking, do you see that picture I put of him? No, but I, the, he's perfect for that role. Yes, he's perfect. Yes, <laughs> I have a picture of him and Drago standing next to each other and saying, "Oh, look, they morph." But anyway, um, anyway, seeing him fight, I like watching him fight. His style, he's a, he's a karate guy, and you can't not like him. No, watching him fight is pretty fun. I don't know why he hadn't fought for eleven months. He must I, have been injured, injured or something. Did he call? Uh, 
Joe Rogan, Mr. Rogan. He, he calls the <laughs> announcer Mr. Rogan. I think he called his opponent Mr. Whatever. He's like, in a different. He's a different kind of guy than Court McGee, but it's the same thing. You cannot like. You can't not like Sage. He's Northcutt. always smiling. I think that's why he's. If you don't like Sorge, Sage Northcut, fuck you. You can't not <laughs> like him. Also, by the way, he's, he was a great fight. He's a good. You know. I thought he put on a good show of his skills. I didn't see that fight, but I hear good things about that fight. I hear he's on his way back, and he's a great competitor. He's yeah. just a great guy. It was, he's fun to watch. He's fun to look forward to watching him. So he was on the prelim card. I think that was the only one I watched on the prelims. And then, and then there was, uh, and then there was Joanna. Okay, Joanna. I like Joanna, and I nothing against her, but she tapped. She did. She. Okay, this is. Okay, I see my hand. Okay, this is tapping. Like, say this is the ground. That's what she did. If there's three of them, it's probably a tap. Watch. <laughs> See? Watch. I'm going to clap. I just clapped. Now I'm going to say, oh, I didn't clap. She tapped. She tapped the ground three times. That's tapping. Okay? Which, what did she tap to? Yeah, strikes. And, and, that's, and that's why people... It's, there's a... There's kind of a thing about it, you know. Uh, she hasn't been in that situation before. No, she hasn't. She and, was and, she was fourteen and zero or something. Being in a position like that is very scary and it's very frustrating. And sometimes you got nothing to do, but you want to tap, but you you can't. Just I mean, just so we're all clear, I would have tapped long before that. <laughs> so anyway. and okay, and just saying and and just saying that, I wish I tapped a lot more, or else I wouldn't be forgetting my name all the time. So I'm not saying it's wrong to tap, but it's frowned upon. It might not be wrong. It's a macho thing. It's a muy macho thing. And, yeah. and, I think yeah. they should all tap all the time, personally. I think, I think they should all be tapping somewhere in the first round. I think, I think, <laughs> I think there shouldn't be so much punches in the face or the head. And I, I wish all fighters the best. And, I, and I'm sorry that I fought a lot. And I wish my brain wasn't as scrambled as it is, but um, but she did tap. What, I mean, I mean, as punch drunk as I am. Well, so so what is it about tap. a fighter though that makes them say when you're on tape from seven angles tapping to say I didn't tap? What, what is because it's why do fighters not her but in general because it's frowned upon. I mean, it's kind of like it would be like uh, there's a great fighter. I think he's I think he's the greatest fighter. The top three fighters of all time, Roberto Duran, um, and he tapped to strikes once as boxing in boxing. But what he did was, he told the referee no must. He waved himself off because he said he had terrible cramps. And then some people say, well, you were just losing. So he was like, he was vilified for quitting to strap to strikes. Have you ever seen a boxer do it since then? I saw one. Well, you it, could not get up, I guess. You could. You could. You could play, pretend you're knocked out and just stay down for and ten. Safe face that way. Right. But to just quit, openly quit, um, it's just frowned upon with boxing with uh, strikes. Like if the armbar was on, she taps. You, that's great. The choke is on. You tap. Uh, usually, that's great. But for to strikes, it's frowned upon. So she's denying doing it. Um, and I, I'm not judging her because I wasn't, I wasn't down there getting punched in the face by Rose. Well, the only weird part is I wouldn't look down on her for tapping, but it's weird to, it's just weird to then say you didn't tap. When everybody that's, sees that's you all. tapping. Yeah. yeah when everybody just... sees you tapping, 
To say you didn't tap was is a little awkward. I think you just deflected by saying, "Wow, she was so much better than me that night." Or whatever. I tapped. Yeah, I, I mean tapped. that's the high road. Let me let me tell you the highest road after a fight I've ever seen. This is my this is my highest road. The somebody took the highest road I've ever seen. You're gonna like this one. Okay, Machida against uh, Rampage. Close fight, not a great fight. Machida won, without a doubt. Machida won. He landed more punches. But it was close. So they're standing there in the middle of the ring with the announcer. And Rampage gets the, what gets the decision. How many times have we seen somebody, even with a one-sided victory, and they, they know they lost. Because you could tell they knew they lost. And the, then the announcer goes, hey, and they give it to them. And they go, yeah, I thought I had it. Yeah, I won that one. And they know they lost. Okay. Rampage, Rampage gets the mic, right? And he goes... I don't know what these fucking. Rever- I don't know about these judges. What fight they're watching? I just got my ass kicked. I just lost that fight. I don't know what fight you guys were watching. That's a win-win. You like him more because he did that. You liked he, him and more, and he gets the win anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so. But how many guys would do that? I don't know. I like that. I never seen that happen before. I love Rampage even more after I saw that fight. I've. I'll tell you when I love Rampage the most. Uh, before a fight, once I think it was Japan when he fought Chuck in Japan. He actually came up to Chuck and and because he's re, his, he's respectful with his pre-fight shit, but he he's good at it. And he went up to Ch- Chuck. He goes, "Hey man, I'm gonna say this, this, and this. Do you mind? Do you have anything against that? Because if you don't want me to do it, I won't do it." And Chuck said, "No, man, sell the fight. Do whatever you want." And he he did all that stuff on camera. Then you know he, you know they shook hands after, but. I like the way he sold fights. I like the way he played. I like the way he was. And I love that when he did that against them. When he fought Glover, he got his ass whooped by Glover. And he's like, the, the, the announcer's calling the, the judges. And they're saying, such and such for Glover. He's like, like acting like he, didn't win, like he won. Like, what the hell are you talking about? And he was joking, but he's such a, he's such a good sport. It was, we need more good sports like, uh, like Rampage. I, I can't agree more. Yeah, so and GSP, he like started to cuss in the in 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 the post fight uh interview and he like stopped himself mid F. He was like effing something like oh oh I'm sorry, I don't want to cuss. Then he says something about balls. He goes, Oh, I'm sorry for saying balls. He's like he's the nicest guy, and guess what guys? He gets paid a lot of money. He doesn't have to badmouth anyone. His, he can he can act like a martial artist. He can show respect to everyone, and he still gets paid a lot of money. And his next fight's gonna be so huge, whatever it turns. Whatever out it is, be. yeah. So people yeah. are all gonna. The crowd in his last fight was just cheering for him. It was pretty. It seemed like pretty one sided in the crowd, but uh, they, th- they were definitely behind GSP in that fight. It, it was a good fight, and I think I think uh, for the for the till the fight was over. Um, I think, I think both fighters did a great job. Um, I, I really do. So, so that was two weeks ago. Last week there was on the main card besides the, the guy that stopped, stopped the fight himself, which was great. The main, the main event. He stopped the hammer blow. I mean, you stopped the, how do you do that? It's like that, that's what you call Bushido. That's what you call class. That's what you call a martial arts. He was able to stop his hammer blow mid-strike and go, oh, I don't want to hit this guy anymore. 
class all the way. Class. And then after that, there was a really good fight. Which did you see the ty- the the main event, the main event? Well, who's the Pettis semi-man? Pettis and Portland. Oh well, before that, let's go with uh, Matt Brown and uh, Diego Sanchez. That was that was like the war the two like the two warriors. It's like Arturo Gatti versus Arturo Gatti. Can you imagine Arturo Gatti versus Arturo Gatti? That's what this fight was like. And it got, I mean it got, it ended pretty quick with it with an elbow and and so great great job Matt Brown. I hope I I just hope you get whatever you want. Uh if you want to fight more that's great. If you want to retire. He was talking about retiring before the fight before, and then, and then right, afterwards yeah. eh, not sure. Yeah. I, what, how often do you see a fight end like that with an elbow? Yeah, that elbow was, strike. That was pretty impressive. You don't you see elbows cut more than knockout. You do see some elbow knockouts, but usually they're um, usually they cause cuts. But this one was a straight up knockout. And then the main event, um, there was an elbow in that too. Oh god, that caused such a nasty cut. Poor Pettis. Um, so Pettis was fighting um, was fighting a Poirier. Dustin Poirier. Yeah, and. Uh, it went back and forth. They did both did a great job. I think they showed uh, just unbelievable skills. I think, I think, Poirier was showing a little bit better, more powerful boxing, and Pettis was throwing better, uh, fancier kicks. They had some beautiful grappling exchanges. I mean, there was a beautiful sweep from uh, from the guard. Um, there was a couple beautiful reversals by Pettis. Um, there's some really good grappling and striking. These two guys are both complete MMA fighters. They're both great. Um, and then second round, it was a particularly bloody fight. Yeah. And, uh, I think that's maybe what helped with, uh, on the ground. It was pretty slippery. I'm it, sure. it helped and hurt. Um, I can tell you it's pretty bloody because my 13 year old daughter walked through the room and looked at what we were all watching and said, "That's barbaric," and then left. <laughs> so that was Maddie. That was Maddie. Yeah. Maddie said barbaric. She, yeah, she actually used the word mad book, dog. Her nickname is Mad Dog, and she used the word barbaric. <laughs> yeah. She, she looked her. and she said, "How can you watch this barbaric sport?" And she walked away. We need. So it was a pretty bloody event. I think Poirier's. Shorts were like completely me blood, and, blood me and, stained. Me and Mad Dog need to talk because she needs to embrace this. But uh, so, and it was kind of cool because not cool, but I think he got caught for, cut from the from. Uh, how did he get cut? He got cut from the bottom, right? Um, I don't know if he got cut from the bottom. I know, I know. Uh, GSP's fight was GSP. Right? He got cut from the bottom. So yeah. Yeah, I don't remember if he was on the top or bottom. No, but it was, I think it was an elbow. Yeah, it was an elbow, and it was it was brutally bloody. I, the doctor had to come in, so the doctor made an appearance. It was great, great night for MMA. There, was, doctor came in the ring, looked at his face. It's like, yeah, you're bleeding all over the place, but go ahead and continue, and, they, and then they continue the fight. So the doctor got some some airtime. Why would the doctor come in? I wonder, because they're gonna they're gonna make sure his eyes are okay. Yeah, and yeah. make they checked his his cut. They looked at his vision, make they sure don't... his eye isn't injured. The cut will heal. They can sew yeah. him up after the fight. Yeah, I, I guess maybe if he was bleeding so much or there was you know it was hanging open, they would stop it. But there's I... the doctor. I think the doctor comes in, checks his vision, makes yeah, sure and he wiped it up, up real good. Yeah, so... looked at him real close, wiped it all off. Took you know he got he got on TV and then. Uh, and then he let the fight continue. Yeah, as he should have. And as then, he should've. and then Poye mounted him or some something. He ended up 
in guard. Uh, uh, Perez ended up in his guard, and he got a, I think he had like uh, a figure four guard, and and Perez turned. It was the a wrong body way. triangle, right? Yeah. So he had him yeah. in a body he, triangle, and, and uh, Pettis was on the bottom. And he tried to and turn. And he tried to turn to get out of it, and then something, and he tapped. He, he tweaked his, he tweaked, I'm sure he, I'm sure he, uh, he tweaked his ribs real bad or something. Could have even broke his ribs. He but could have had an old injury there, too. Who knows? But they didn't really, they didn't know. They didn't know. But he tapped to body triangle from trying to get out of it. Yeah, you, uh, that, that was it. That kind of pain, though, like, is just unbelievable, and, and. And did he say after he didn't tap? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> no, but uh, he didn't say that. But I mean, that was pretty scary. I mean, because he must have been in a lot of pain because that fight was so bloody and so brutal. To tap to what he tapped to must have been like excruciating because he had already been going through hell. I mean, if you're not going to tap to that kind of blood and, and guts, you have like guts coming out of your head. And he didn't tap. Now, so that must have really hurt, and so the fight was over. So, Poirier beat uh, Perez. And he, one, lo- he looked good, too. Yeah. Like Dustin Poirier looked really good. Yeah, he really did. Now we got, okay, one thing we had was, we had a question from one of our listeners. Oh, they asked, uh, how dangerous is extreme weight cutting? And so, to answer that, from my point of view, extremely dangerous. We were talking about extreme weight cutting. Normal weight cutting is either you're cutting weight... You know, the weeks leading up to a fight, you might be cutting some weight. But the real weight cut that I think people talk about and the dangerous part of the weight cut is the, you know, right before the weigh-in. I think I think when you're talking about weight cut, like weight cutting is anything you're doing to lose weight. But when you say weight cut, that's the last 24 hours up to the fight. So a lot of that is water weight. It's almost all water weight. It's and that's, And so the big problem is, and there have been deaths, a couple in the last couple of years, in MMA where people have died from something related, probably related to their weight cut. Because yeah, it's so and dangerous. So electrolyting balance. So, yeah, so, you, so cutting weight is when you're dehydrated, you're not just dehydrated, but your electrolytes can be all out of whack, which off. can cause heart problems or you know, kid, certainly kidney problems. Yeah. So the other big thing with weight cutting is, for me, when you look at all the concussions, is you say, well, if, I'm, if someone's cutting that much weight, they're losing whatever, 20 pounds or some crazy amount of weight. Yeah. You lose a lot of that, all that water weight around your brain that protects your brain, the soft, the cushion around your brain. You lose that. And so you go, oh, well, that's no problem. You just rehydrate them. And by the time they fight, they're fine. But the studies show it probably takes three days to become fully rehydrated back to normal. Three days. So you're fighting. So how you're, soon after you weigh in? So John. you're fighting, you know, 36 hours. So you're saying there's not enough water in their brain? I'm saying they have not fully rehydrated yet. That's terrible. So they're still they they may be at an increased risk for head injuries because their brain's still shrunken down from not having any fluid in there. So anyway, that's something to consider with the whole thing we talked about in previous ones, which is weight classes. Cutting that much weight when money's on the line and it's your career, people do stupid stuff. Yeah. So you're gonna cut. 20 pounds and then you get a case where someone dies or something like that or they have a kidney problem or who is that guy that they took out of off in a stretcher with some kidney failure and he died is that dada dada 5000 did he die yeah he died yeah there you go so that was and they think that's probably as a a result of the extreme weight cutting he did so anyway is it so the question we had was is extreme weight cutting dangerous it's horribly dangerous i think if you do it safely I wouldn't call it extreme weight cutting. 
So, you know, if your fighter's cutting five pounds, I think it's a big deal. Okay, my answer is, it's all relative. Like, extreme is a, is a relative term. Right. Because some people can cut 20 pounds. I've well, seen, I, and physiology's different. So someone right. may be able to cut weight more than someone else can safely. Right. So it's, it's a relative term. And this is what I recommend. Um, because, because I've seen guys that can't even, that five pounds in 24 hours won't come off. They're dying trying to lose their last five pounds. And I've seen guys lose close to 20 pounds in that 24-hour uh, weight cut period, and they're fine. So the number itself of the, of the pounds lost don't mean as much as your physiology. So this is what you do. You should, you should do a test run. And this is when, when Court wanted to cut down uh, from, uh, from middleweight to welterweight. I had him do a test run. So like during a six-week period where he didn't have a fight coming up, I had him pretend he had a fight coming up and cut down to, to welterweight to see how he felt. And he felt great, and now he's been fighting welterweight. But um, I say get near the weight that you want to fight at, and then, and then try to cut the weight in a week and see how you feel. I think you should always do a test run at that weight class and see how you do it, and then see how you feel. Number one, it'll tell you if you can do it or not. Number two, I'm trying to do it two fingers over your thing. Number two, um, when you're used to doing it, it's easier to do the next time. When you make the weight cut, like Chuck always had not easy weight cut because it's not easy when you're, when you're feeling the pain. It wasn't easy. But from the outside looking in, it was relatively easy. He wasn't suffering like I've seen some guys to make weight cuts. I've seen guys so sucked up, they've needed six bags of fluid just to get, get, get back to to the present so it's a it's a relative term but i think all of you guys that want to fight in a specific weight class or if you never fought before and you think okay i'll be a such and such maybe you wouldn't because if you walk around at 165 and you want to fight at 155 maybe try to get down to 155 because maybe you can maybe 65 is as low as you can go but the reality is Anyone fighting in that weight class is probably fighting 165 anyway. Most people are, but some people. But if you're doing that, then if you're if you're 160, if you walk around at 165, and you're and you're already lean, it's kind of a it's a kind of a precarious position because what if you can't lose that extra 10 pounds, right? So then you can't make it to 55. You're 65. You're not, you're not at 70, so the guy that's fighting at 70, there's some guys that fight at 70, they'll walk around at 190. So now you're a 65-pounder fighting a 190-pounder because you can make 155. So find out what, what's the lowest weight you can make, and if you're walking around, like if you walk around at 170 and you can't make 155, then you need to bulk up a little so you can cut down to 70, Okay. But cutting down isn't always that important. It isn't. It really isn't. Some people don't cut as much weight as others, and everybody's different. So find out what is the lowest you can cut to comfortably, right? And then if you don't walk around at a, at a low enough weight and you want to get rehydrate and get back in, that, in the cage at a higher weight, then put on a little bit of weight and then cut down.
Okay, if you got any questions about that, feel free to tweet me, text me, Facebook me, email me, text me, or Instagram me. Okay. I will I will talk about that because because the doc has more uh has more knowledge about the dangers of extreme weight cutting and dehydration, but I have more strategies on how to cut weight effectively so you can fight at the optimal weight class. Like 170 is the optimal weight class for Court McGee. But but what what do you think too? These people are doing extreme weight cuts. Have you seen that affect their performance? You're saying they're getting rehydrated, and they're good to go for the fight. But it seems to me if they're still actually technically rehydrating, their their performance may not be what they want it to be. I don't know. Have you seen that in reality? Very seldom. In fact, because very seldom. Most fighters that I see within the thirty hour whatever I'm I'm rounding. 24 to 36 hour from the time they weigh until the time they fight. Most guys I see are completely back to their to, to fighting shape. Once in a while you'll see a guy that didn't make it and sometimes a guy will have a, just an, uh, an unnaturally bad weight cut even though he's done it before. Maybe his, his electrolytes got thrown for a lot of different reasons. So he had an electrolyte imbalance that really affected him more than it usually will. Because electrolyte imbalances can affect you neurologically, cardio, cardiac, muscular. I mean, so it can affect you a lot. But sometimes sometimes it won't as much. So, And you can't ever tell from fight to fight. I mean, you can, you can be making 155 from 170, you know, for most of your career. And then one fight, one weight cut, for some reason it might be off and you might get, have an adverse reaction. So you can't always tell that. Well, I think you have to, there could be other factors. You could have had a cold recently or been dehydrated for some other reason or had an infection or something else. So, and then putting that weight cut on top of that could be dangerous. But you, when you talk about extreme weight cutting and some of the things people used to do, like use diuretics, water pills, or pills that make you pee, or medicines, those screw up your electrolytes all, a lot. So yeah. you're not allowed to do that anymore in the UFC. You're, those are banned substances now. So people are, what are they doing to cut weight? Extreme weight cut, they're... They're restricting their water. They're doing There's, saunas or hot baths or... Well, they just do one of two things. They do... They res, they cut their water intake, intake completely. Any liquids, usually. Um, and then they expel water. Whether that be by peeing, sweating, spitting, or whatever. They're getting rid of water that's there and they're not introducing any more water. And water is important for life. <laughs> it's, it's one of those important things. Yeah, that's why the, the, <laughs> the, the, the losing the weight up to the weight cut isn't as dangerous because you can go without food for a long time. You can only go without water for a very short period. So Especially when you're actively getting rid of it. Yeah. So That's the opposite of going without water or drinking water. You're, you're not just going without. You're getting rid of it. You're, yeah. you're at a net deficit. So, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's super dangerous to answer the question. I think if you do it correctly, you can cut a certain amount of weight safely. But, again, like John said, everybody's different. Your physiology's different. You know, and you can't talk about pounds because there's different weight classes. A guy that's 240 cutting 20 pounds is a whole lot different than a guy that's 150. So Yeah, yeah. And, and so I think it's, it's, it's better to fight at a weight class up if, you're, if you have that hard of a time than dying trying to make the weight class down. So think about it that way. Yeah, definitely. All right. All right.
Any more, right, any more questions? Text, Ask tweet. Them. Yeah, you, you put a question down, we'll respond. You can even do the SoundCloud. I think you can like, you can comment on SoundCloud, yeah. right? Or on YouTube. So we're on SoundCloud. We're on YouTube. We're on iTunes. We're all over the freaking place. So check us out, and we will see you guys next week. Next Tuesday. See you later. Bang.